Welcome into the Autzen Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Prame. Eric Scopel is with me as always on the show. And for the second straight week, we are breaking down an unexpected loss to uh, for the Oregon Duck football program. Before we do that, though, please consider subscribing to DuckTerritory.com. You can do so for $1 for your first month, $9.95 thereafter. That is the most impactful way to support this show, to continue to allow us to do these podcasts immediately after a game uh, wraps up. We do multiple podcasts a week as well. Uh, basketball season is here, so we are breaking that in soon. But first, Eric, um, 21-17 loss. Oregon now falls to 3-2 and two on the year. California beats them uh, in a game in which Oregon's defense was really good. 271 total yards of offense for Cal. They threw for 183. They ran for just 88 yards on Oregon's defense. There were 7 of 21 on, on third down plays. 3.4 yards per play allowed. I, I think you go across the board and you look at this and think, hey, they're not the – 85 bears or the 2019 ducks, but they made improvements. They got better. There there's growth. You see positivity out of this. They made mistakes. They made a ton of mistakes that Cal's not a good offensive team, but you still saw the steps that you needed to see. And the offense lays probably the worst dud that we've seen in a long, long time. And we're now left wondering is this loss even worse than the one last week to Oregon State? There's a lot to digest here, Matt. Um, I think in some ways, absolutely, it, it hurts more. And in some ways, it doesn't. Um, here's, I'll, I'll give a couple reasons why it hurts more. Um, the offense was given literally every single opportunity to win this game. And I guess you could just the flip on the flip side last week, the defense was given every opportunity to win this game. But, but the real, the thing that I think is so disappointing is the defense played well enough to win this game. And honestly, yeah. they played well enough to win in a blowout. You know, I mean, Cal has a touchdown on their third drive of the second half. Other than that, they finished with three punts and a turnover on downs. The, the final, their, their final four drives, they gain about 23 yards of offense. And that's, that's good enough to win. That should be good enough to win, especially with this offense. And, I think, you know, like what we've been talking about all season has been true. It's the, the offense has been the significantly better group and the defense has been why this, this team has had a hard time dominating games or winning games altogether. And today it was the complete flip side. And I think the thing that's frustrating is we know what the potential of Oregon's offense is and what we saw in the second half was light years away from it. It wasn't even close. Yeah. It, 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 was, it was embarrassing. It was disappointing. Two turnovers, turnovers on downs, punted it four times. It's six drives. They gained 117 yards. Um, just wasn't good enough. And, and this is their not to cut you off, but this is their yeah. drive chart in the second half. Good. Three plays, six yards, punt, six plays, ten yards, punt, three plays, three yards, punt, seven plays, forty-six yards, loss of turnover on downs, six play, twenty-one yards, fumble, three plays, negative eight yards, punt. Six plays, 39 yards, fumble. I mean, just – I can't recall a game until maybe the 
the the 2017 Stanford game or the 2017 the last time Bra- like when Braxton Burmeister was playing quarterback you mean yeah when yeah. Yeah. they literally could not even get a first like the Red Box Bowl was bad but they could at least get like a first down and then punt uh, or, or they could at least get a couple first downs and they wouldn't have consecutive you know they wouldn't have three and outs galore and that was not the case in, against Cal and honestly. The Cal defense doesn't come even close to the level of defense that Michigan State had in that red box bowl. Well, I think so. Here's the thing that was to me where I was going to go a second ago. Um, Just like last week against Oregon State, when the game's on the line, I have no confidence the defense is going to get a stop. And the way the second half went, this Oregon offense, which again came in like leading the conference in all sorts of stats, one of the best offenses per yard per play, like nationally. It wore, they were so inefficient, so just lacking that Oregon gets a chance with – they get the ball with two minutes to go with their full – I think they had, they had two to three timeouts. They have to go, what, 75 yards – or no, less than that, 64 yards. And I, I legitimately – I just had zero confidence – that they were going to get it done. And the fact that I had gone from last week of like, well, just get the, just, just let Oregon state score. So the Oregon offense can get the ball. Cause they're going to come and score. Cause Oregon state can't stop this offense to in this game over the course of a second half, mind you, and we haven't got to this, but in the first half, like they scored on their last two drives and we'll touch that in a second. Just they to- scored two touchdowns in four plays. Yeah. And, and, and it was like, okay, here we go. And in the second half, it's just, but by the end of it, I just had zero confidence it was going to work out. And, and again, I hate to feel like I was, you know, that I was, I hate that I was right, but it was what happened was, you know, and, and again, they actually moved the ball on that last drive. They, they got the ball like into a position. It looked like they were going to score, to be honest with it you. It really did. I mean, they, they start that drive and it was a short pass to Micah Pittman for 10 yards. It was a short pass to Jalen Red for 10 yards. They, they, they threw it to Cyrus and Bibilicchio, and uh, he picks up five yards, and then Chuck scrambles for a first down, or, or I think it was just maybe a designed run. Either way, they get the first down, and, and, and you got the ball past midfield, and I'm kind of going like there's 50 seconds to go. Oregon still has no – there's no pressure from a time perspective. They can do this, and I, I kind of felt it, – it, it almost frustrated me more that they gave themselves a shot. Like I almost rather would have had the defense just let me down or you know let, let, let the team down a little bit so you didn't – have this expectation like oh maybe they're going to do it because they, they just they just couldn't get it done and and there's a I think it's not just one position group it's the whole offense like the offensive line was not very good period the Tyler, Tyler Shuck was pretty bad in this game second half yeah. he was I mean uh, I've I mean, I've you look at his you look right. at his stats and if you didn't watch this game. 14 of 26, 231, one touchdown, no interceptions. He ran for 53 yards on 13 carries. And you would think, like, okay, like, he did decent. He probably didn't play unreal, but he also probably didn't lose this game. And, uh, you know, you don't look at it and and think, wow, they they were just awful at the quarterback position. And, I mean, he said it himself afterwards, like, just really poor play from him uh, in this game and unacceptable play. And Cristobal – and never blames anybody but the, but him, but himself. And he came out and said that you know, they just did not execute, and it was a really bad performance. And that's on him, and that they need to get better. But this was 
a bad game at the quarterback spot for Oregon. And if you were curious if there was ever kind of a consideration to maybe try Anthony Brown at the quarterback spot, maybe even like, like I, I don't think it was right to try Anthony Brown the last drive of the game. Um, maybe even the second to last drive of the game. But after Oregon went three, you know, three straight drives with punts and they turned the ball over on downs early in the fourth quarter, when you get the ball, maybe, maybe then you try Anthony Brown. And I asked that to crystal ball. And he said, no, they, they ran with who they believe gives them the best shot to win. And maybe that speaks to where Anthony Brown is at or, or, or what, I don't know what that says, but I there was no consideration. They're trying, to, they're trying to protect the young quarterback. Yeah. They think he's, they think, I mean, I think clearly they think he's going to be their guy next year. And if he plays the way he played tonight, I think he's, I mean, I don't think there's any guarantee of that. Uh, I, I, he was seven and 11 in the first half and he was seven for 15 in the second. And he gained about 70 yards passing and 39 of them came on the last draft. Didn't throw an interception. Could have a couple times. just really bad. More than once. I mean, I, there was, I mean, there was a one time where I, I don't even know where he was going with the ball. I don't know if it slipped or what, but I think it was the first play of their, their second to last drive. And it's like, okay, the game is on the line right now. Like you need a drive and he comes out and it's just like a knuckleball right to the Cal defender. And there's no organ receiver anywhere near. So I don't know if it was a miscommunication. I don't have to go back and watch it again, but like uh, he was really bad. There were plays to be had there. I, they, they, and he said, it, and he, he took, and I want to give Tyler some credit here because he came in and he sat down and he took questions for seven minutes from media members and he handled them honestly. And he, you know, he took it on the chin and that's what he needs to do after a game like this. I think you give a lot of credit for who he is as a person and as a leader. I, I'm, and I know it's just one game and I know there's a lot of other factors here, but like, I'm starting to wonder like big pictures, is he going to be the next quarterback to take Oregon to the next level? I know this is his fifth start. He's a sophomore. He's got a ton of game reps ahead of him. If they're going to stick with them to get better. But there were times in the second half where it was really hard to watch and you would and there were times in the first half, you know, the, the Oregon set, settles for a field goal on the first drive of the game. And I think it was a second down or maybe it was third down where he has two receivers that are open for touchdowns and he throws yep. it to the one guy who's not open. And, and yeah. it's just kind of like, and these weren't tough throws. I mean, one of them was the DJ Johnson, like a five yard kind of just dump off pass. And all DJ has to do is turn up and basically run through a defensive back. And I guarantee he's able to do that because that guy's 270 pounds and, and is built like, a, you yep. know what? The weird thing is, is in this game, like up until this point, I have been on the bandwagon for Tyler Shuck and and shouting down all those people that are um, trying to say that he's awful because he hasn't been, he hasn't been. And the weirdest thing for me watching this game was like the play that you just referenced, the, the DJ Johnson touchdown pass he should have made the throws to Jalen red that were wide open that he just zinged them. Yeah. Yeah. He makes those throws for the most part in the first four games of the year, especially the DJ Johnson one, that one. I mean, he, they've ran that play and converted that play for touchdowns already to DJ Johnson over and over, over and over again. So the fact that he missed it was that in of itself was just like mind boggling. Like, You've literally executed this play before for a touchdown in this scenario, and you didn't find him, which is weird. Um, but I'm with you. Like this is the game in which he played awful. He, he played really, really poorly. And I mean, the telecast said 
he took the loss to Oregon State really hard, especially with the interception that resulted in a touchdown drive to give the Beavers the lead uh, and, and at, late in that game. And he said he said today that you know they've got to they've really got to keep their confidence and they've really got to figure things out. And you kind of wonder where what's his confidence level going to be at going into a game next week at home against probably the best defense in the conference in Washington and a secondary that's got NFL talent all over the field and a fast yeah. rush. That's really good. Um, not the type of game you were hoping to get out of your quarterback position going into maybe arguably the biggest game of the season uh, real, well, and, real quick. Well, really quickly, I just want to say one last thing on this and then we can kind of pivot somewhere else. But like the thing that the, like the reality is, is Cal has a good defense, but Oregon had, they left so many points on the board. You know, it's it just like it, it not. I know. I don't know. You can. You could argue like, well, they didn't get close enough to score, and, and they did have the one drive that 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 stalled in the red zone. But like, he missed so many just very makeable plays that it wasn't like this was not Cal locked Oregon up and just wouldn't let Oregon do anything. This was like, and, and the word of the day was self inflicted wound. It really was because the first and second drive of the second half, I counted three easy throws that he should make that were just off. Um, and that doesn't even include a lot of the drives. This, as the, I mean, the half as the half wore on uh, up until the last drive where he did complete, I think, three passes, and and one of them was a Johnny Johnson uh, a fumble. Um, like he he just wasn't good enough, and like it, to me, it doesn't even matter who the opponent is unless he gets his confidence back and he figures some stuff out. Because this was not again, this legitimately was not like Cal manned up, shut stuff down. There was nothing available, like. And there were certainly plays where that was the case, but there were an incredibly high number of times where it was the opposite. And it was Oregon had a play and that he just couldn't make it. And I thought there were a lot of issues in the zone read or the, or the RPO, just decision-making wise. And I've given him credit in the past because he's deserved it for being really good in those decisions. And he still ran it 13 times for 53 yards. It wasn't terrible. But there were times where he really made mistakes. And one of them was really costly where I think if he would have left it. I don't remember who the running back was, whether it was CJ Verdell, probably was Travis Dye because Verdell hardly played. We can talk about that later. Um, but if he would have just given it to the running back, it would have been at like a six to seven yard gain probably. Instead, he holds on to it. And he said after the game, he needs to learn from it. But where he held on to it and they tried to fight for extra yards at the line of scrimmage when he's not going to go anywhere. And that's a fumble. Um, just so, you know, but, you know, last week's loss to Oregon State, you don't. I don't point the finger at Tyler Shuck. Nope. I don't want to point the finger entirely at Tyler Shuck either because there's a lot of other opportunities to win this game a lot of different ways. But um, he certainly was a big factor in why they didn't win this game. I'll say that. We asked on Twitter before the show, what most concerned you after this loss? What was the most positive takeaway that you got from tonight? Um, Michael says, most concerned with the lack of offensive creativity in the play calling. I believe we have a lot of talent that is – isn't utilized. I don't advocate benching Shuck, but there is another great QB on the sideline. Why can't he come in on occasion to provide a new look? More tight end plays, question mark. Jim, offensive line is a pride of the head coach, and yet it's underperforming. Deanna, where to start? Feels like so many issues to struggle with uh, on, on top of each other. Matt Euler, really encouraged by the defensive response. If the offense can recover like the next week and the D can repeat what they did, Washington is beatable. Really disappointed in Chuck's performance. Chris, Mario, concern is with Mario having a team come out flat every week this season. He's supposed to be culture guy, and his team looks uninterested. Also kicking a field goal 
from the two, a bunch of question marks. Then you lose by four, LOL. Uh, Jim, leadership from within, does it exist? Last year, we were loaded with leaders. Where are the guys holding people accountable? Uh, we also have Owen says, probably not the biggest concern, but I wonder where the recruits' heads are at after this back-to-back losses. Trey, lack of leadership on both sides of the football. Um, Josh, inability to play a complete game. We also have Keith saying lack of leadership again. Uh, we have uh, a wave of black holes. Uh, that sounds very on careful. point for Oregon right now. Uh, careful. <laughs> <laughs> most concerning aspect with easily penalties. Ruins their own chances at a win over uh, and yep. over again. Skoducks. Tweets, uh, defense looks a little better, but the team lacks energy the past few weeks. Players have been silent and hanging their heads. Uh, Stutz, Bob, the fact that they have arguably played worse each week, something feels off. Uh, Taylor, most concerned, lack of clutch plays. Make the block, get the first, make the throw, don't fumble, don't get the drive, extending penalty. Uh, and then most positive front seven were much improved. I think a, a lot of the, the answers uh, are, are, are similar to that. One last one, second half defense looked good. Troy Dye looked really good. I think he's thinking of Travis. hope so. Adelman looked good. Seems like our kicking problems are complete. I, I So I don't necessarily agree with like Oregon looked flat to start this game. Um, I know they didn't play great, but like I thought, I, honestly, like my perspective on some of this was, I thought they were a little overjuiced almost. You know, I, I like, I, and and I know there were certainly times where I don't even know if that's fair. I, I like, I, I think the drive where Cal, the 19 play drive for 85 yards, the backbreaker in the first half, like Oregon's players were playing really, really hard on defense, and like they got penalized a couple times. I think honestly, the the Bennett Williams PI call was co- totally bunk. I don't agree with that call. Um, I, I didn't see a group that looked disinterested. I didn't, and I didn't really even see a group that was necessarily hanging its head. And then, uh, I should say I wasn't at the game and, and I didn't see how they were handling it on the fourth quarter, but like that defense fought all the way through. I mean, like, and, and anybody that's like, I don't think the defense to me showed me a lot. They proved a lot. Um, and I know Cal's offense isn't great, but they, in the second half, they played really, really well. Cal had a lot of opportunities to come and have that kind of knockout punch. If you, if you will. And Oregon's defense simply wouldn't let it do it. They gave the Oregon offense time after time after time after time to do something. And I was, I was super impressed. I thought that was a huge bounce back performance. I know somebody said something similar there about, you know, if the offense can do something, you can have the, you know, a similar response next week. They'll have a shot to beat Washington. I totally agree. I think we should know Washington did not look very good today against Stanford. They lost that game. Um, I don't think by any means this game with Washington, I bet you Oregon will still be favored. And if not, uh, Oregon will be favored because they're at home. But like, I, I just, there, I didn't, I didn't, I don't, I didn't look at this as being like, this is a culture thing as much as I looked at this as being like, they just didn't freaking execute. And the defense played its butt off. I thought the offense played its butt off. I don't think anybody was like, quit it. Didn't, I don't think anyone stopped trying. I didn't, I didn't see a quit at all on defense, I saw an offensive group that just got in its own head, got in a funk, couldn't figure some things out, had a quarterback that I think, I think Tyler Shuck lost his swagger. He lost his confidence. I really do. Um, you know, you notice even on that last drive where they had some success, everything was underneath. They didn't take shots down the field. And I, I think he started to question himself a little bit. And I think after something happened because he made a couple of really nice throws down the field. Think about the way that first half ends. He has a nice ball to Johnny Johnson for a touchdown. He has a nice ball 
to Travis Dye for that 67-yard pass on the wheel route, which, by the way, keep doing that. Travis Dye, one of the lone really bright spots in the game offensively, had like 160 yards of offense on, on like 15 touches. He continues to be impressive. But like I, 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 saw, I saw a group that just didn't execute an offense. I, I didn't see a group that like quit, on, especially on defense. Like I, I know the defense has not been perfect this year. They've really been bad in the past. They t- took a step, and that needs to be said. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, I'm going to do my grades tomorrow and I'll have to watch it again and reflect on, on some things. I'm not expecting to get, I gave them an F grade last week. They certainly won't get that. Now the offense might get something similar because that was a putrid second half, but I didn't see a group that quit. Did you? I didn't see a team that quit. I thought they played hard, Yeah. but I, I do believe in the overall theory though, that this team just lacks that's that juice whether it's troy die at, at home games between the third and fourth quarter doing the shout dance and getting the entire roster just jacked up um with energy whether it's penne sewell you know just lighting a fire under, under the offense's ass with uh his energy um the 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 overall mantra of herbert and and kind of you know follow his lead type deal um, that he had about this team. Uh, looking at, you know, last year's Kayvon Thibodeau being a guy that was just all over the place and Holland's, you know, big playability and, and the swag that he'd have after that. Like, and, and I think not to change sports here, but I do think Dana Altman earlier this week had a really good comment about how this he's never seen so much stress on a player of his face in the 40 years of coaching that he's seeing right now because of COVID-19. And I do wonder like so much of this team under crystal ball has relied on the energy on the, on, on the atmosphere and the environment of the team. And so much of this team has also relied upon, you know, the excitement of playing in front of fans and their overall experience isn't playing, you know, isn't what it normally, comes close to what it normally is and everyone has to deal with this i'm not trying to say that that oregon is the only team but how people handle off-field stress outside of football everyone's different and to me it does look a little like there's less fun out there to me like overall in the course of the season how do you fix that i don't know um, is there that really an issue? I don't know. I, I do see that though. Um, part of me though also thinks I, I look at this team and I don't know who, who's kind of like that throw the gauntlet down type leader on yeah, this I team. I think that's fair, Matt. Like, I don't know there is, if there is that type of a guy on this team that, Hey, you know what? This is this is stopping right now. Our inconsistency is stopping. We're gonna we're gonna figure this out and we're gonna go. Like I, I don't know if that vocal leader type guy is on this team. Yeah, and I think you pick up on that in post game. And obviously, we, I think we only well, I don't know, I don't, shouldn't say I think we spoke with three players in post game: Tyler Shuck, Austin Fallu, and Verone McKinley the third. And I think Verone has the potential to be that guy. I, I don't necessarily look at Tyler Shuck and think he's got that. And I know he comports himself like a leader. That was a, a quote Joe Moorhead gave this offseason. And he's got, some, he's got those leadership intangibles. 
I will say this. I think he is a really high character, smart young man who holds himself accountable. And I thought he did a great job of answering questions, but I don't know if I see that fire. I don't know if I, I, I don't, I don't know if that's there. And Justin Herbert didn't have that. Marcus Mariota didn't have that. There's not a prerequisite to play the position. Um, but this isn't, this isn't like somebody that I think is going to come in and, and, and light a fire into everyone's ass like you need. And defensively, I think you're lacking that. And I don't think it was the defense's fault again. I think the defense played pretty well, but I, I agree with Matt in terms of like, there is something lacking there from a leadership perspective. And that's what happens when you lose all these experienced guys. Yep. And offensively, I don't know where it comes from. I, I think something happened in that second half and I don't, it's hard to put a finger to it entirely other than just to say quarterback wasn't good enough. The offensive line wasn't good enough and they made too many mistakes and just leave it there. Um, but they need to get better. They have to play much better. And if they play like this against Washington next week, I don't think Washington's that impressive. No, I don't know. They're going to have a hard time winning, you know? And then there's also like the thing of like, if here's just like a positive spin of like, if the defense plays the way it played against Cal and the offense plays the way we saw it play at times the first four weeks and they put it all together against Washington, genuinely this team can kick Washington's ass. Like they have that upside, but there's also, and this is the thing that's so frustrating having watched this team for over a month, they can also play to such a low level where Washington could come in and com- completely beat the crap out of them. Like, it, like legitimately, like this game could be Oregon winning by five touchdowns in like a best case, but they could also lose by that much. And that's the thing that's really frustrating and not knowing is just like there is no consistency. The offense doesn't execute well from play to play, from drive to drive. And the defense doesn't even have that, even though the defense was the closest thing all season to being consistent um, occurred in the, in the second half tonight. But this is a very, very frustrating team to follow and track because you see the glimpses and the highs are really high, and you feel really great about when the team is playing at a high level on either side of the ball. The, the, the mountains are really high. The valleys are just super, super low, and it's, 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 it's challenging to watch them from week to week not quite get there and to settle too much in the valleys and not quite reach the highs. It really is. I think that's, for me, the most disappointing aspect of this game is so much of the talk immediately after the Civil War uh, against Oregon State, in which Cristobal came out and said, we're going to use this as fuel. We're, we're pissed off. This has to burn in your gut. And those types of comments carried out from player and coach throughout the entire week uh, leading up to this game against Cal. And really, for the most part in this football game, offensively, there was no fire in that team. They tried hard. But you didn't sense that, hey, they learned their lesson. They're pissed off. They're not going to make the same mistakes again. I thought they'd come overcome that. I mean, they had a series in which for four possessions in the first half, they went 10 plays, 75 yards, and got a field goal. They then went three and out with a punt the next drive. But then in the second quarter, seven plays, 75 yards, and a score. And then again, right before half, three plays, 75 yards and a touchdown. And at that point, you're like, they figured things out. Here we go. Second half, get a stop, go down the field and score. Obviously, that didn't happen. Defensively in the first half, you know, it didn't start out all that hot. 13 plays, 75 yard touchdown drive. The very next one, 19 play, 80 yard touchdown drive. Uh, You could argue that that should not have happened because of the horrific pass interference call on Bennett Williams. Uh, It was clear as day. It was not a PI and the refs called it a PI. 
but nonetheless, they still scored a touchdown. But then the rest of the way, I mean, the, the, the cows, Oregon's offense figured things out. Six plays, 11 yards, one play, half, three plays, punt, six plays, punt. And then they scored their touch, their one touchdown in the second half on a five play, 64 yard drive. But then six plays, punt, three plays, punt, two plays, punt, eight plays, downs, three plays, the end of the game. So you look at that and you think the defense turned things around. It's just the most concerning thing for me is the inconsistency. Like you said, like they had all the motivation in the world to come out and figure things out. They played a poor team in Cal, a team that didn't have a win. They weren't, they, they have not been healthy all year because of contact tracing. And I don't even feel like, boy, Cal stole this game. Like, I feel like I honestly look at this and think Cal simply outplayed Oregon and just, they were the better team tonight. Yeah, I mean, I, I think to a certain extent, I agree with that. I mean, they made enough. This, let's they this made way. the plays that Oregon didn't make. I can say that. They made the plays Oregon didn't make. Oregon didn't execute. I don't necessarily know if I agree that, that Cal was the better team tonight. I, mean, I, I, I think Oregon had countless opportunities. They just didn't make them. So I guess you can say that. I, I just, to me, this is like not a talent thing. This is not an effort thing at this point. This was a straight up an execution thing. And the offense just didn't do it. They just didn't get it done. And they had all sorts of opportunities to do it. Um, I, continue to just be like boy if they can put it together they'll be great but i at this point i just don't expect it to happen and i think you really have to go into this week against the washington team again who i don't think is very good the pac-12 north is wide open right now there's almost every team can win this thing but i just look at this and go this week like there's a chance that that oregon just completely sucks and they just don't play very well i mean i think that's possible um, and I, and I don't think it's about wanting it or not wanting it. And I don't, I don't think it's like a will thing. I think this is like, really like there's something mentally not quite right with this offense at times and this defense at times too. But like, and I, I hate to say, like, again, I come back to it, but I just think part of the, it, it's an, it's an issue at quarterback. And I, I think, again, I think Tyler has shown to be a really smart, diligent young man. I just think right now he's, he seems to be in a funk and I think he's questioning himself and he's, and he's folding a little bit in the moment. And I hope, I hope he's able to move on from this and, and figure it out. You know, regardless, there's going to be a quarterback battle next year. I don't think there's any question about that. Jay Butterfield will be back. Ty Thompson is a borderline five-star quarterback. It's a freshman coming in. Unless Tyler finishes this season with a win over Washington, they somehow win the conference and, and go win a, a bowl game and they ride off into the sunset and he plays awesome in those games. Like his job's not going to be secure. And hopefully that's motivation for him. And hopefully it's not the opposite. Hopefully that's not, and if it is the opposite and he can't handle that kind of pressure, he's not made to be a quarterback at a school like this. Um, that's just the reality of it. And this is a huge gut check moment, I think, for him. You know, yeah, huge, huge really gut is. check moment for this team. I mean, I, I, I said going into this week that this game would decide the outcome of the year. And I guess fortunately for Oregon, in the overall grand scheme of the, the race to win the Pac-12 championship, this loss has nothing – has no impact on Oregon's possibility of winning the game, winning the championship. Because the reality is if Oregon plays Washington on Saturday in Austin stadium, that game gets played. And if Oregon wins that game, they are going to be the PAC 12 North champion. And that gives them the opportunity to play whoever comes out of the South. And if they win that game, they win the, they win the PAC 12 and Oregon goes five and two we're talking about a team that's won the Pac-12 championship two straight years in a row. And the Cal game, while extremely disappointing, the Oregon State game, while extremely disappointing on an individual level, 
collectively had no impact on Oregon's overall outcome in the race to win the Pac-12. So that's the key now for this team is they are down. You can best believe that. they are. Their confidence right now is low. Um, they will come out and they will say they've got high confidence. They're, they're excited to go play. But you can see in their faces, you can hear it in their voices, that this team's confidence has taken a big shot. And it's now up to the leaders of this team, the coaching staff of this team, to get this, these guys to realize the season is not over. They can still win the Pac-12, but they've now reached that point. We thought it was going to be this week because we didn't anticipate Washington losing at home to Stanford, but that happened. They've now reached the point where you lose one more time, you're done. But you win, you advance, and you get a, ch- a chance to play for the Pac-12 championship game. And that's, you know, you get a second life, I guess, because you look at this and you go. Third life. Third life. <laughs> You look at it and, and and you realize there's still an opportunity to win. And I, I think the question becomes now, Eric, what's the confidence level that this team can regroup so quickly after two extremely tough losses and save this season before it goes to three and three? I mean, I, I don't know if, if you told me after Oregon uh, beat UCLA that this program would be three and three at the end of the regular season, uh, boy, I, I would have been pretty shocked. I mean, we talked about it after the UCLA game, though, about how it was possible that they just – because they didn't look very good against UCLA. Correct. I, I, and honestly, like, they haven't looked really good at all this season. They had the great second half against Washington State. They played really well against Stanford in stretches. Didn't play well against UCLA with a backup quarterback. Didn't play well against Oregon State in the second half. And actually played really well in the first half against Oregon State. And then tonight, the offense just completely lays an egg when the defense actually plays well. So, like, my, my confidence level, I have no idea what to expect, honestly. Um, probably not super high. Uh, just because it's like they've been completely uneven every single week. And it's like different execution problems every single week. I mean, for multiple weeks, it was like, okay, can they – can they? Can the defense make some stops? And we should know the defense didn't force a single turnover today. Mm-hmm. But like the defense made the stops tonight. The defense tackled pretty well in space. The defense really bottled up the Cal run game. Like Cal ran like average like two yards per rush. Like they did not run the ball well. But then it was the offense, and suddenly the offense. And hey, can they not turn it over? They turn it over every game. You know they've had multiple. They've had they've turned it over once every single game at least. And they've turned it over two or more times in four out of five. And they're minus seven, I think. Well, I'd be worse than that now, actually. I'd have to go look at what the stats are for the season in terms of turnovers. But I think yeah, it's minus seven because they came in minus five because they had the four against uh, UCLA. And they, they, they were up, yeah, nine to four. But, like, it's just from week to week, it's another issue. And I thought if the defense was going to cold cow the 21 points, I really thought they were going to win this game. And they didn't. And I go and I think Washington's offense isn't that impressive. Washington's defense just gave up 31 points to a Stanford team. Oregon held to 14 points. I know there's difference in quarterbacks. I know Jet Toner had a complete meltdown in that game as a, as a place kicker. And if he hits half his field goals or all of his field goals, the, the score looks different. But, like, I'm not going to be surprised if Oregon wins that game. But I'm probably also not going to be surprised if they don't play very well. So my confidence I would be surprised level, if they get blown out. Yeah, I know. My confidence level is pretty low. I don't really know what to expect. And I'll put it this way. Like 
in terms of what's the more enjoyable thing to watch right now, I really enjoy watching Oregon men's basketball, women's basketball. Those days are a lot more fun <laughs> than watching the football team. And I, and, I, and I hate that that's the place we're at because this season had a lot of promise. I was really excited to watch this team every week. And the reality is, is we're, and it's crazy, by the way, that like, isn't it insane that the season's, the regular season finale is like a week from today. Like that's just mind boggling. This season went so fast, but that's what happens in right. the half. The season's cut in half. It's it's kind of a it's kind of not that exciting to be like okay four o'clock on a Saturday let's put this team on and you just have no idea what you're getting you know there's going to be a lot of negativity from the fan base because it's football and unlike a basketball team there there's just a lot of different expectations and you know you're going to sit there and have to watch potentially a really a tough game where they don't play very well and you're going to just be subjected to a bunch of negativity for the rest of the week. And that's what it is. Football is football. This is the job we do. Um, I'm not complaining. I love what I do. Uh, this is a, I cover the, the program. I grew up in Eugene. Matt grew up in Eugene. We grew up watching these teams play growing up. The fact that we get paid to cover this team and, and watch them every week. I, I can't, I mean, I, it's a dream job for sure. I'm not complaining about that part, but sitting and watching this team is, is stopped being that fun. And that kind of stinks. And I'm hoping that, that there's a shift this week against Washington. And even if they lose, I'm hoping at least it's like a game where you can kind of be like, well, at least that was kind of fun because the last two weeks have been a real drag. Um, and watching this offense in particular this week just be completely incompetent in the second half and make a ton of mistakes and not move the football is a really hard time watching that, especially when the defense, which everybody wants to rag on and rightfully so in the past, I think comes out and plays an incredibly – an incredibly solid game outside of two extensive drives in the first half that were aided by some mistakes and penalties. I think that was a really good effort from that defense. And it's just frustrating. It's hard to watch right now. And I'll be honest. I know that's like kind of a bit of a rant there, but like I don't necessarily like look forward to watching them play on a Saturday. And I'm hoping that they come out and they play a really great game and you end the regular season on the positive note. And there's a lot of optimism going into whatever the postseason holds. But part of me is at this point, just kind of like, well, next Saturday they play Washington, and this could be like a, just a, not a very fun fun time. I think that captivates a lot of fans' experiences and probably uh, a lot of people across the country right now watching sports. But, hey, we have sports back. We are covering this game. We are covering this team, seeing where it ends up. I, I still have a lot of excitement going into Washington. I'm curious to see how this team responds. Um, I, I think that for me is, is where my interest falls. Is right. I agree. How, how does this team respond? Because they have now officially been punched in the face and knocked down and they are on the mat and do they get up and do they deliver a haymaker back and take control of this season or do they stay down? That, that, that's what we're left with right now. There's still a, a a path to a year in which you walk away and say, yeah, it was disappointing, but you know what? They're Pac-12 champions for a second straight year. And the program is still on an upward trajectory or if they lose to org. If they lose to Washington, they could find themselves finishing with a losing record and not making a bowl game in a, in a year in which any team is eligible, but the Pac-12 for whatever reason says you have to be three and three uh, to get stupid. there. Um, stupid. <laughs> Completely pointless. Uh, Thanks for handcuffing yourself, Larry. Yes, exactly. And so I, I, for me, that's where my excitement is because it's going to go in the two opposite ends of the spectrum. One, you can finish at a high, extremely high note with be champions for a second straight year or two, you could have, you could have a losing record 
and seeing what this team does with that uh, path, they're at the fork of the road right now. It's really going to be fun for me to see how play how that plays out. Um, you can follow all our post game coverage on DuckTerritory.com. You can also read our work covering, like Eric said, basketball has started. The men and the women are both playing games. The women play a game Sunday morning. Eric will be in Matinat Arena covering that game. Uh, the men are returning home from Omaha after splitting two games there and preparing for some games at home uh, this weekend before this week before going to Seattle uh, next weekend for a game against the Huskies on the hardwood. So the Ducks play Washington in basketball for, for the men, and they also play Washington on football. We'll have coverage of all of that throughout the week and for the rest of the year on DuckTerritory.com. So thank you for listening to the show. And until we review this game on Monday and preview the rest of the week, we'll talk to you then. Talk to you later, folks.